Hi, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to a profitable, sustainable, but most importantly, enjoyable language education business. And why would you care to do that, to build a business like that? Because there's literally no other way. The language education market is in a bizarre state. Companies making millions in profit, yet paying teachers peanuts. Native speakerism is still way too powerful. And finally, the students are bored of the same old formats and messaging telling them to speak like a native. I'm here to shake things up, to educate and motivate a community of teachers who have the courage to build businesses and teach the language on their own terms, both solo or in their own language schools, and have a positive impact on their students and the world because teachers are superheroes. Let's claim it today. Now that you're ready to move from one-to-ones to group classes, you're probably wondering, how do I even build a group course? Do I just take a course book and you know teach from back to back? It probably is not that simple. It's a little bit more complex, but you're lucky. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you exactly how to structure your course so that it's the most effective for your students, but also profitable for you. Welcome to the Get Richer Teacher. My name is Ola and I'm a business coach for language teachers who care. So in today's episode, we're talking about at least four key elements of a language group program that I have found to be the most like crucial in achieving not one, but two, but two goals. Number one, it needs to be effective. It needs to be helping people achieve a goal. And number two, it also needs to be profitable for you. It needs to contribute positively to your business. So remember, everything that I say is a little bit of a compromise. I see business as a bit of a compromise, like a little bit like a marriage, you know? It's never going to be only the academic stuff, only the stuff that used to matter to you when you didn't have a business, maybe when you worked for school. Now we're thinking from two perspectives. We're developing your entrepreneurial muscle. So yes, while there are some things that you may not be like super happy about as a teacher, as a person who is really deep into the academic stuff, but believe me, if you go and like allow space for that compromise and for the business side of things, you will be able to sell it as well, which is ultimately your goal as well, isn't it? So the first thing that you need to keep in mind when building a, an effective group language course is that it needs to have a very specific person in mind. So now more than ever, you are going to see that without a target audience, without a specific customer avatar, you cannot build an effective program. This also applies to any digital product uh, that you want to sell and that you want people to rave about. It applies to anything that is not a one-to-one class. With one-to-one classes, we can get away with not having a very specific audience. The more you scale, however, the more you go into group teaching, selling digital things, selling other products, programs, offers, the more you will have to like literally focus um, unapologetically on one person that your program helps. So this here is the basis of everything. 
we need to start by getting to know your ideal customer. And again, if you want to be reminded of who an ideal customer is, there is an episode about that, uh, about five episodes ago, I talked about this. Um, it's not just about them being an ideal client from the, like a nice person to work with. Obviously, that's, that's, that's part of it. But an ideal customer is a person that you can help, that you can help with your specific offer. So what it means is that there needs to be super clear alignment between that person's needs and wants and your offer, your root course. If that's not happening, then yes, you may still sell those things. You may still, like I see people sell lots of things that are not super specific, but number one, it will always have to be cheaper. Number two, people will not get as good results. People get good results, so achieve a specific language goal when your program is focused. So help them. By focusing, by choosing one person, you're actually helping them more. You're not allowing for them to be stuck again by studying a level. Nobody needs to study a level anymore. People taught that people were taught all of that at school. They usually like, maybe not everybody, I don't want to generalize, but in many cases, people have tons of experience studying the language, unless they are beginners. Um, and the experience is that they studied a little bit of everything. And what that means is it's not necessarily bad, but what I'm noticing, and it's so clear now that people know what they want. People don't want to study a little bit of everything. They just want to study the right amount of grammar, vocabulary, and skills that will help them achieve a goal that matters. So knowing that about that specific person in your target audience is absolutely key. The second thing is what I've already started talking about is that specific outcome. So the specific outcome, when I teach it in my Rocket Accelerator program, it's a journey. It's a journey from this person being at point A and taking them to point B where your course becomes this vehicle, vehicle of change, vehicle that helps them get there. So it's not about it doing the work for them. Absolutely not. It just helps them get there faster and in a straighter line. So again, that's another argument why we need to be creating things that are specific to very, very um, like specific people's goals. It cannot be for everybody. It cannot be a course that takes people from intermediate to upper intermediate because those people have different needs. Like a learner is not an identity. I've said that, I've said that so many times before and I still stand by it. I think that we need to be much more specific when we identify what people's needs and wants are. So a learner, yes, if you look at them only from that learner's perspective, yes, they need to know certain grammar structures, certain uh, vocabulary items. They need to have their skills develop at a certain level. But to be honest, we do not spend enough time thinking how this is going to help them in life. Do they need to know how to actually, um, you know, talk to someone at a hotel reception? Maybe that's not what they are going to do in their life. 
let's get super clear on what those people actually need. So, because when you do that, when you, when you, um, get really, really clear on what those people need in their life, in their career, in their social life, because it usually comes down to all those things, you can create a very specific outcome and attach it to your, like base your course around that. Then you need to also remember that this outcome cannot be empty. It cannot be, as I said, jumping from a level to a level because that's, that's meaningless. That usually means something to us teachers who are very much used to um, assessing people's level. Yes, people may come across certain situations where they le- their level will be assessed. And especially in like exam situations, this might be relevant. But to be honest, more often than not, people don't need that. People need certain language skills that they can use in situations that, and these are the three elements of a good outcome that matter to them for whatever reason, that are urgent and that can be measured. So an outcome that matters to a person, I'm going to give you a few examples. Let's say that your target audience that you're building a course for is a business professional. I started the business professionals because it's the easiest. Um, a business professional who wants to advance their career. Um, they work in international settings. So what they really need to do is to have confident conversations or like fluent conversations with clients on Zoom calls. So what are you going to teach them? You're going to teach them how to handle Zoom calls in English. You're not going to teach them third conditional. Maybe part of what you teach them about the Zoom calls will be third conditional, then go for it. But you're not going to teach them this grammar structure for the sake of it. So that's one example. Another example, let's say that you teach Spanish to people whose um, loved ones are Spanish. They want to kind of feel more integrated in their life in Spain. They um, maybe like the language, maybe not, but mainly their interactions in Spanish will be connected with like daily life and social interactions and interactions with their family and friends and and also and things like that. Again, you're not going to teach them how to handle Zoom calls because that's irrelevant. You may not have to teach them the um, whatever the the equivalent of present perfect whatever that is in Spanish. I completely forgot. Um, you're going to teach them how to speak to a shop assistant. You're going to teach them how to. Have small talk. You're going to teach them a little bit of sprung. You're going to teach them how to have a completely informal conversation with someone at the bar because this is what matters to them. What doesn't matter to them is a specific grammar skill or a uh, a grammar point as it may matter if you tell them that that's part of the situations that they can deal with then thanks to knowing it. But By saying, and especially by promoting, and this is where the marketing part starts, by promoting your courses, you're not saying, I'm going to teach you a certain tense. No, I'm going to teach you how to handle situation X, Y, Z, and knowing this set tense will help you, but they don't need to know. They don't, like, literally, it matters. Like, it's it's the least meaningful, the least meaningful thing for those people. 
we attach so much meaning to grammar structures and to vocabulary items and to like topics that were once made up by course books, to be honest, like things like, let's talk about your family. How many times do you actually talk about your family in everyday life? Like it's actually quite limited. What you actually want to do is do things that matter. So you need to have much more reflection and also research to know what kind of outcomes will matter to your target audience. The second thing is need, it needs to be urgent. So again, I see, I can totally imagine a situation where you would teach something that is not maybe used daily, but it's still super useful to a specific person. So for example, you teach people who deal with, um, let's say language for academic purposes, right? So I can imagine that in those situations, those people will use quite sophisticated language. So you're going to teach them this sophisticated language, but in, and, and this language will probably not be relevant to other people. But in this case, it's absolutely meaningful and it is urgent for those academics because they need it. They need it every day. So the urgency is there. The same with, um, let's say your target audience, I use that example quite a lot as well, is moms who want to go back to work after a break. Let's say their um, target language is English. So what you're going to teach them is not some sophisticated um, grammar structures, but ways to smash their job interview, ways to actually speak confidently in meetings or in negotiations or presentations, whatever is relevant to their job. But this is what you're going to teach them because that's urgent for them. That's what they actually need to do when they go back, right? The better we get at identifying those things, the better our courses become. And finally, those outcomes will need to be measured. And this one gets a little bit tricky because people think that then we need to give them a test. No, measuring people's progress in different skills is not only done by testing. Let's be honest. We have things such as formative and summative assessment. And the formative assessment very often is observation. It's how they feel about their language. It's how they, if they can recall a situation from the past where they weren't able to do something, but now they are able to do something. And your job here, in order to help them measure their progress or measure where they've met that outcome, is to create good criteria or to create good prompts for them. So what you're going to do is you're going to ask them, can you recall a situation in which da-da-da-da-da, but now you are able to da-da-da-da-da, right? Another good idea, and um, I always say this to my clients, is creating a list of can-do statements. So at the end of your course, you can give people a list of things that they can or should be able to do or theoretically they were covered and those people can even assess on a scale from one to 10 how confident they feel about this. That's also measuring. Measuring is very, it can be very subjective and it's, but it's still even in that format, it's very, very tangible. By the way, those can-do statements can then become like a guiding principle or guiding principles of the whole course. So this is how you package it. This is how you make it into something that, again, is relevant. This is, to me, the most important concept when it comes to building group classes. 
So I highlighted all the time that you can build courses that are like okay-ish, right? Because they are built on something that you saw in a course book. And let's say that course book are written usually by very intelligent people who know how to do it, who understand how language acquisition works. But you don't want to build average courses. You want to stand out. I'm helping you stand out here. So a lot of people, especially when I talk on social media about the CEFR levels, they kind of argue with me because they say, oh, it's still relevant. I'm not saying it's not, but we overuse it. We base everything on the CEFR levels. And that scale was created many, many, many years ago. It can be useful, but actually it very often doesn't mean much if you don't break it down. So let's say that at a C1 level on the CEFR scale, it says that the person at the C1 level is able to read newspaper, um, uh, magazine, articles uh, fluently and understand most of it, right? What if that's irrelevant to your target audience? What if they couldn't care less about reading magazines? You're not going to do that to them. You're going to do things or help them do things, include the things that actually matter. These are the things, this is what I mean by it being relevant. So that's my rant on point number two. <laughs> point number three is the structure. The structure of the course, and this will depend um, on your target audience, but also your preference. The main principle is that the structure needs to allow people to get closer to that goal. So it, this, the biggest mistake that I see is that people build courses that take people through the motions. Unit one, unit two, unit three, unit four, but they actually don't connect with each other. So even though I don't build language courses anymore, all my courses, all my offers, they have a very, very, very specific progression. So from module one, you kind of need to do module two. Without module one, you cannot do module two. And that's the way it should work in yours as well. People should feel like they're progressing. It may be hard at the beginning, but this is what we're aiming at. Because without that, you are not able to actually prove to them or help them see that they are making progress. So sometimes I would say that the element where, you know, that you cannot do module two without module one, this doesn't always have to be the case, but the link, the module, the lesson, they have to be linked. So what it means is, and in the Rocket Accelerator, I have this beautiful spreadsheet where what we do is the, we attach, not attach, we connect the aim of the course with aims of every lesson and every module. You're going to ask, but then how many lessons, how many modules? This will depend. I always say that it's really good to start. And that's where I connected to my last point, that the course needs to be time-bound. And there are a few arguments there. This will depend on your target audience and what they want to achieve. There will be situations in which the courses will be very long. They might be even a few months long. But I would say that my default is about 10 to 12 weeks. It 
absolutely there are exceptions, especially if you work with kids. I think you can totally take everything that I say with a little bit more, pin- a little bit bigger pinch of salt, because it might work a little bit differently, especially differently, especially when it comes to the organization of your courses. It can be year-long courses and things like that, but that those principles still apply. All the all the rest of the principles still apply. Then. When it comes to the courses being time-bound, the argument why is that we are too focused on convincing people that they need to study the language for years and years and years on end to become fluent. While what I think is much more effective is if we tell them, you can take my course that lasts 12, 15, 16, 20 weeks and see that you've made progress and then decide what you want to do. We, aren't, we also don't tell them you are going to decide what you want to do, but it's so much more motivating and so much more, like it makes so much more sense pedagogically to be saying to people, achieve this goal in that time frame and just see what happens. See how proud of yourself you'll be. See what you'll be able to do. See how, what impact this will have on your life. Because yes, we kind of think that it's obvious for people that, oh, they just need to learn the language and be fluent because obviously this opens doors. It needs to be spelled out to people what they're actually achieving thanks to reaching smaller milestones in that language. And also besides, I honestly think that it's, we now live in times where people don't like to hear that they will have to study for years on end to become fluent. We don't like it. We like everything fast and we can kind of argue with it because, you know, me too. I'm like, I'm a very impatient person, so I might be like more biased here, but I genuinely think that people are now much more conscious of their choices and how they spend their time. So it might be really discouraging in the times when, you know, everything is quick and everything is available nearly immediately for you to be sending a message that, oh, but your language journey is going to take ages. It's discouraging. It's not what people want to hear. They then don't want to invest. So it's not about lying to them and saying, hey, you can become fluent in two months because that's bullshit. That's nonsense. But we have to be giving them opportunities to, as I say, achieve certain milestones so they get motivated to carry on. Because also, and that's like a, like a bonus tip here. When you've built your course, there is absolutely no reason why you couldn't build its second kind of addition or a continuation. You can. You absolutely can. And more so, if you build a good course, if you deliver it, if it gives people a specific outcome, if they are able to see their progress, do you know what will happen? They are much more likely to sign up to the next one. From the business perspective, all of those things matter because you cannot really, it's so hard to sell prolonged courses that they take ages, it's becoming harder and harder. So it's much easier to sell things that are quicker because people like things quick now. Number two, it's much easier to describe the value. So to write a good sales page, 
where the arguments why this course is a good investment, it's so much easier to do it if it's a specific course helping people achieve a specific thing. And it's much easier to use the right arguments that will be appealing to your customer avatar. So from the business perspective, this all, like every argument, every part of that course that I mentioned, a specific person in mind when you're creating the course, a specific outcome, the structure that allows them to make progress and get closer to that goal and the course being time bound, they are not just the effectiveness in the like academic, from the academic point of view, but also the business point of view. So just as I said at the beginning, it's all about that compromise. And we need those compromises to stand out. I don't want you to do mediocre things. You are here to do extraordinary things. So many people that have worked with me have created courses that are absolutely extraordinary that people then say, I've never seen anything like this. This is not what I remember from school. And that's exactly the reactions that we want. We want people to feel like, oh my God, this has been made for me. This is so helpful. This is the philosophy that I use in creating my courses that are specific for language teachers. I do not care about like all the business principles that I teach are applicable to other businesses, but I don't speak to other businesses or to other, not bad businesses, but other people. I don't speak to health professionals. I don't speak to even math teachers. I don't speak to, you know, beauticians. I speak to language teachers and that's how I'm able to know what they need and create programs based on those, on that information. So I encourage you to do the same because you can not only help people much better, get raving testimonials and reviews, but also make really good money on that. Because people, if they get results, if they feel like they're being supported, if they feel like something is of good quality, not just mediocre, just like they're used to. No, we are here to do extraordinary things. All righty, that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. See you later. You know what, teacher? I'm so proud of you. If you're listening to this, you are ready for a change. Whether it is to quit hassling for peanuts or working with other people who don't respect you, I know you've got it in you and my podcast is here to help you do that weekly. To be reminded of new episodes, sign up to my newsletter. It's in the show notes. You'll also receive lots of tips, support and special offers. I'm committed to supporting you also via my coaching programs and courses. You can work with me in my flagship programs, the Rocket Takeoff or the Rocket Accelerator. The Rocket Takeoff will take you off the one-to-one teaching hamster wheel to more peace and more well-paying students. The Rocket Accelerator will help you finally launch a group class that will be perfect for students that are a joy to work with and so you can leverage your time and do what you love while having space to breathe or read another self-development book. If you're a language school owner, I've got things on offer for you too. Simply go to my website, olakowalska.com to check them out. Finally, please share this podcast with your teacher friends, rate it and subscribe. I'm your biggest cheerleader. See you next time.